Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome to On The Bench. I am your host for today's episode, Brendan Sinone. Definitely not the second take we had to do with the intro because I tripped over my own words to start off the first one. The coffee is settling, fellas, as we hit a pivotal stretch of the Florida State Amarius Mims recruitment. Who's ready for a pivotal stretch, huh? Who doesn't like a good pivotal stretch? We know you do. First thing in the morning, pivotal stretch. Every single day has a pivotal stretch, according to Brendan. It's true, because there's a moment you could die any single day, and if you don't navigate that through correctly, you won't have any more pivotal stretches. Okay. Any, anyways, <laughs> so Amarius Mims has been in Tallahassee for the last couple of days. Uh, he is the blue chip, uh, former five-star offensive tackle recruit from middle Georgia. He was at Georgia for one season, played really well as a, as a backup, as a true freshman, and entered the transfer portal over the weekend. Uh, and is currently the top-ranked transfer portal uh, transfer prospect on the market. So that's setting the scene here of we know who Marius Mims is. He's a really big deal for Florida State. Uh, since the last time we've potted, a lot of stuff has happened, fellas, and I think we need to kind of address it all. Uh, first off, Chris, you've been living in the message board world for a very long time. There is a 4,000 view thread occurring on Knowles 24-7's message board right now. Have you ever seen anything like oh, this before? Brendan, Brendan 455,000 page views. In uh, Within many, it is 5,239 posts, which spans 210 pages. pages. And we're still going. And we still don't even know. And Marius Mims hasn't announced a decision yet. So there's still a lot of stuff. There's either a meltdown to occur or, in my estimation, more likely a celebration. But, but Chris... What what have you what have you taken from this page, page after page after page of this crazy crazy post? It's been a long time since the school has had a prototypical left tackle body. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> that's so, what Chris, so what Chris is saying is, yeah, it, the the uh, threat is well earned. <laughs> People outside of the FSU market are looking at this like this is crazy. As someone on. Uh, who was it? Who was it? Twenty four seven said this was getting like a LeBron James like treatment. It's like, yeah, man, you don't know. You haven't you've been watching these games after game after game at, at left tackle for the last you know seven eight years. Like this is big. So uh, as we get ready to set the stage as what's happened the last couple of days in the Marius Mims recruitment, where we think this ultimately goes as FSU heads into a pivotal Friday. Josh, why, why haven't we potted until now? It's just been insane. The uh, the amount of movement, the amount of updates. We were kind of waiting for things to calm down on Wednesday to pod, and then out of kind of out of nowhere. So we arrived on campus, and we thought that you know the visit was just starting. Right, he steps on campus at about seven p.m. to really uh, have dinner with the coaching staff and begin his official visit the following morning on campus at about nine a.m. 
But then, uh, just real quick, I don't know if the if he was actually on campus on that Wednesday evening, but maybe adjacent or nearby. But just just to clarify, because people are going to get into semantics. Yeah, so, no, I'm saying he was stepping. He was in Tallahassee on yeah. Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. He was going to step foot on campus. Gotcha. The following morning, and the visit was going to begin. Mm -hmm. Oh, but then around 9 p.m., Warchant.com comes out with a report stating that Mims has quote signed with Florida State. Hours later, that headline was changed to, quote, Mims intends to transfer to Florida State. Uh, moment, so, so the report comes out, 9 p.m., you know, we've been hearing good things, so it's not a complete shock, but we go into confirm mode. So Zach Blostein reaches out directly to Amarius Mims about the story, and he went on record denying that a commitment to FSU took place. I reached out to multiple sources close to the recruitment. They also said that nothing had been signed. There was no commitment during, during what was like an introductory dinner. Mm -hmm. um, based on those comments from Mims himself and our sources, we could not confirm the report. And we, you know, we, we're just going to continue to let it play itself out. And um, we'll see what happens. But as of, as of now, we do not consider him committed to Florida State. Yeah, I think the, the players' comments are, are pretty telling. Uh, in, in that regard. But, you know, it, this sometimes we get into a battle of semantics on, on stuff like this. I think really good things are happening for Florida State. I think there's reason for optimism. But, you know, the, the word that all of us have been getting consistently is like Florida State knows it has to put on a good show this week. And that wasn't just, you know, Wednesday evening. That was Thursday, which you know, the, the official visit starts. Now we're going into Friday. They they know they have to do really good things to to wrap this up and get a commitment from him. And they feel confident with where they're at there. But this isn't I think we would have a pretty good indication if, if there was a commitment, if this was done and, and the true intentions were were articulated. I don't think that's happened just yet. Uh, but but Zach, let's get into uh, kind of go back to Wednesday as this is all starting to unfold with uh, us getting word you know, of when he's visiting, uh, when he's arriving in Tallahassee and uh, and maybe set the scene for our listeners as to what you and I were doing on Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, so we kind of got word that like Josh said, Mims is going to arrive on camp or not on campus, but in the Tallahassee area, at least at his hotel uh, Wednesday evening. So Brendan and I, uh, being the non-creepy stalkers we are, uh, showed up at the hotel on Wednesday afternoon and kind of camped it out there. Um, and, you know, we started seeing FSU staffers roll in, so we knew we were in the right place. And then closer to his to Mims's arrival, Mike Norvell shows up, Alex Atkins is there, Cooper Williams, a bunch of, you know, a couple other off-field staffers. Uh, Derek Ray was another guy there. Um, so we knew, we knew it was up. And then we, you know, we go down there, and I think it was about just about an hour later, uh, two cars roll up, and that's when Amarius Mims and his family walk out and are greeted with the war chant blaring from a car outside. Uh, and Mike Norvell you know, dapping the entire family up. And it was in, it was a cool moment to capture, but we were, we were definitely uh, there and ready for it. I think my favorite moment of all of that was one of the coaches walks into the lobby, turns to his right, sees, immediately catches eyes with Zach, takes like a second to process it and realize like that they had multiple of us like staking this whole thing out. And the coaches like put his head back and started laughing hysterically because I think it was so absurd that they knew that we were staking, staking this out. So it was that was fun to be a part of. There was a lot of good energy to that visit or to that part of the visit to kind of get things going. Uh, and, and Florida State rolled out the red carpet for Amarius Mims. So that's how Wednesday goes. So we go into Thursday. Chris, you were on the bench before any of us bright and early Thursday morning. 
what did you get in terms of intel, in terms of observations with the Marius Mims and starting off the scene for the Thursday visit? Uh, before he arrives, just kind of hear about some of the stuff that's in the plans for today. Obviously, a very busy day, meeting with Coach Norvell, spending a lot of time with Coach Atkins. As any official visit goes, eating really good throughout the day. Um, Alex, his family, or I'm sorry, Alex Atkins, Wittemarius Mims, the entire family, they all roll up. I think it was, I don't know, 9.30, 10 a.m., somewhere in that ballpark. Get the day going, they kind of come and they go. There was a little stretch in the middle where they went back to the hotel to refresh to uh, take a nap if they wanted to type of thing. But it was pretty much 10 a.m. to about 7 p.m. They were up at the facility all but maybe two, three hours outside of when they went to eat and spent a lot of time with the staff. And then they went out last evening, went to table 23 for a good dinner from what I was hearing. And then he was supposed to go out with several players last evening and do whatever they want to do. You know, some guys enjoy going to a club. Some guys enjoy hanging around with guys, playing video games. It's a variety of things that people do. So not exactly sure what he did with the players, but they usually do a good job of matching a guy with people that kind of fit their personality. What would you guys want to do on an official visit? Like how would, how would a, what would an official visit in Tallahassee look like for you that would get you to, to commit? For me personally? Yeah. For all you guys. Leave me alone and let me go get some food and then leave me alone some more. Drop you off at one of the cannabis dispensaries in town. <laughs> uh, probably, probably throw me at a at a bar somewhere and just get me to to commit uh, while intoxicated on bourbon. Zach, what would be your perfect official visit? Yeah, a lot of video games um, and kind of what you said, Brendan. Okay, Chris would be a weird deal. They'd be like, "You want to go out do anything?" He's like, "No, I just want to sit on the bench." We're like, "Man, we could take you anywhere in Tallahassee." He's like, "No, this bench is where this I want is, to be." This is really great. I bench. would not want to sit on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> While he's Maybe sitting on the bench, some and a cold beer. Of course, of legal age, I have to be of legal age. Right, right, right. That's all part of this. Yeah, nothing, nothing illegal would be happening. Okay, so Josh, as we get into Friday here again, I don't know if you heard. This is a pivotal stretch. Mm-hmm. It is recruitment. Uh, what can you add on to anything that Chris has shared about the Thursday part of the official visit? And then I guess what are we looking for today here here on Friday? Yeah, no, Chris had a lot of great details, but the only thing that I heard was when his arrival to the moor was pretty dramatic. I think you guys saw the outside part, right? When uh, Amarius Mims pulled up to the moor for the first time, you guys got some photos yep. of all that. And the coaching staff was out there like we normally see for a, uh, a big time visitor, the entire staff being out there. But when he walked into the moor, into the museum part of the moor, the entire football program uh, personnel was lined up inside everybody from GAs to analysts to recruiting staff to training staff to equipment managers literally everybody GAs everybody was in there uh for Mims and his family so that had to be uh either very welcoming or (laughs) or very overwhelming I don't know one of the two (laughs) depends how you feel about it we we could hear like as they opened the door to go in you saw like a little glimpse of it Mm -hmm. but like I would say there's probably about like 50 people in the lobby which you know it's not a huge lobby uh so 50 50 people you know was pretty pretty boisterous uh to to have that kind of uh welcome so yeah Yeah. okay so so yeah dramatic is a fair phrase Josh yes and then he's been around yeah go ahead Chris I was going to add one other thing I noticed is in mentioning the whole staff is that like a lot of them like spent time with different members of the family, including Amarius. For example, when they came back, I believe from lunch, Amarius's father was with Corey Fuller and those two were just by themselves having a good conversation, I think exchanging phone numbers. 
So it's one of those things where obviously Alex Atkins and Michael Norvell are huge to this visit, but it's also the whole family feel and the general perception of this is a big family and everybody in this family is involved in your life if you're part of it. Right. And, uh, you know, we know that there's a great connection there with Alex Atkins, but we also know that Robert Scott's been involved. Dylan Gibbons been involved. Kate Miles has been involved. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's going to that could potentially culminate in to today, which is Friday. Um, can I talk about today being maybe the end of the visit, Brendan? No, we, you have you have to call it pivotal. Can we okay, move on to the, to the most pivotal part of the visit? Yeah. Can oh, I turn one thing the page I'll, to Friday? I'm asking. One thing I don't want to go too far ahead. <laughs> yeah, let's go hey, real quick. And then as soon as yeah. I stop talking, take it's it to fun. Friday. I did drop my crystal ball for Mary's Mims right before the show. I put it on eight. And I, I think as like the visit happened, you mentioned it kind of is a pre-show pick, a pre-pick. Uh, and so I, I think that with Amarius Mims, and we'll explain like why we're confident, because uh, I know you guys are confident as well, maybe not to put it in the crystal ball, but I'm a little uh, loose with my balls, I guess you I'm not say. crystal balling. I'm not, yeah. I don't. You don't do it with transfers. So that's no, that I don't, set. Like, I don't want to, I feel like I'm still just trying to tell the story. I'm playing point on on doing the updates and everything. And I, and okay. I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm going to put in a crystal ball. I'm just going to keep doing the updates. People you are going to be a lot. You guys tell the future. It feels like a very like free, like throw it in there because if it happens, great. If not, people are going to be a lot more mad at other people than, than, than me. <laughs> for <laughs> um, But I was going to say is like, as this visit's going on, Josh, you mentioned Robert Scott, Dilla Gibbons, Caden Lyles. And like, I think they've, initially like we were kind of getting some word of like who the people would be hosting i was like okay we'll see how this works i know that america's is you know, more so like soft-spoken country dude mm -hmm. and and i think that they've done a really nice job kind of pairing him with guys who are really professional and about their business i mean talking about three of the most like kind of buttoned up business-like uh players not just on the offensive line but on the entire roster i think that's been really good uh to kind of sell him on on all three of those guys have committed to mike norvell and part of this like staff's vision so i think that's been really good but i'll share like the other feedback i've gotten this is not to break people's hearts like if Amari Smith doesn't come to florida state but like i heard he's just been really impressive like just his his personality he's been pretty bubbly and just well spoken and thoughtful and uh mature and like I just, i've heard really good things about about how he's been perceived on this visit. Uh, so that is just, I think, further solidifying like why he's such a big priority and why Florida State knows they need to, to try to get this done then uh, on Friday, on this pivotal Friday. Yeah, and there's still no word exactly when the trip's going to end. Uh, from when it started, we thought that it would likely go into Friday, potentially Saturday morning. There's, there's a little window, a couple hours. But for the most part, this visit is going to, for all intents and purposes, it'll end sometime today because even if he does go into Saturday, say he spends the night in Tallahassee, it'll be a quick drop by the more, probably say bye to Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins and, and then be on their way. There's not going to be much of a visit taking place tomorrow and he'd be he'd be leaving somewhat early. Um, so I think today, what I'm hearing today is there's going to be a chance where at the end of this thing, uh, Amarius Mims is all around the coaching staff. I, I believe the offensive line is going to also be be there as well. And I think in that situation, we could see Amarius Mims inform the coaching staff and form uh, the offensive line that he is coming to Florida State. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that's what I'm watching for today. And we could see this whole thing come to an end uh, today. And then if that did happen, I would not expect him to go on and visit Miami. Uh, we've been reporting live updates throughout the week on Knowles 24-7. Uh, we'll continue to do that 
as this day goes on, but that's just something I'm watching on Friday. So the, the Miami stuff is interesting. Uh, we've, I'm trying to think of how I want to best go over this. I didn't plan this far ahead in the show. Uh, listen, they came down. The Mims family did come to Tallahassee with the intention of checking out Miami. Like I, I know that's some people have said, oh, he was never going to go to Miami. Uh, I, I think that was in the plan. They came down in separate cars and there was a plan for, you know, some, some family members to go to Miami and, and including Mims and, and some not too, uh, as I understand it. So I think that's part of, uh, was already a good sign for Florida State that it wasn't going to be quite the same level of, uh, you know, family members in Miami as there would be in Tallahassee. That was already a good sign. Um, as our Miami site is reporting, I think the most recent update was on Thursday evening from Gabby, was that sound like Miami was a little bit more quote unquote unsure of where they stood with things um, and whether they would get the actual visit from him. So that's another reason why, Josh, I put in the crystal ball was, you know, the, it was interesting that uh, like throughout this week, we were getting feedback that like we're expecting him in Florida State for a couple of days. We're expecting that Florida State for a couple of days, but we had to wait and see until he arrived and make sure that was like legit happening because a lot of schools were were coming after Marius Mims. And uh, and Miami site was saying, I think like mold, like Thursday through the weekend. And so we were here multiple days for Miami and that was kind of like conflicting with what we thought the time I would be for Florida State. So uh, once he made it to Tallahassee on Wednesday, stayed through Thursday, and understand that there's stuff planned for Friday. We're like, okay, that's pretty important piece of this puzzle. Is like that Miami's not getting him for the timeline they probably thought they would hmm. get. Uh, and so now, as you know, this is materializing, uh, and you're seeing, you know, Miami kind of maybe leak a little confidence. I, I think that's an important part to this because Miami's been the main contender all along. That's a school that has some playing time to offer that has a strong pitch with coaches along the offensive line who could really develop an offensive line like Amarius Mims. Uh, you're not necessarily close to where his family's at in mid Georgia, but like, I guess you could reasonably drive down through the state and it's, it's a long drive, but still like a day trip. Yeah. Uh, and Miami could also offer, you know, NIL uh, package that would probably be pretty enticing. If a player like Amarius Mims wanted to come play for Miami, they could probably say, you know, you, you would stand to have a lot of, of, opportunities for nil so those are all things that were at play here i think that's an important part of this puzzle josh is that miami seems to be kind of stepping back a little bit as we record this on friday morning yeah yeah it it seems that way i'm still you know recruiting is fluid and i know uh what the miami site was reporting it, it, at that time um in recruiting just things change and just as we said i I'm still not going to completely rule out the trip down there because, like you said, they did drive in separate cars. Miami is only a car trip away if they did want to check it out. Now, if he does make a, a pledge to the coaching staff and the players today, I would definitely think that's off. And it might be off regardless, but uh, we're still going to monitor it. I don't know. We don't know for sure yet. We don't know. And that, and I think that's what we talk about this. I know we're joking about it being a pivotal stretch, but this is going to be a pretty important day as we figure out travel plans and, you know, whether he goes back home to, uh, to Georgia and, and committed or whether he decides to keep, you know, checking out other and, opportunities. And honestly, you asked me earlier, why haven't we podcasted yet? This is why, because things like that, like these little details kind of shift and change and you're always waiting for it to solidify before right. you sit down and podcast, but they don't. So and it never just, and it never has. But this has probably been the most like solid that we've this is probably the most steady ground that we've had in the last couple yes, of days. And even yes. then it still doesn't feel particular today. I will say like the one thing that I think that scares the hell out of you know, potentially for Florida State is like 
like Miami all of a sudden being like, all right, well, let's up our game and, and set the market with something different. Like, I think that is something that, again, recruiting being fluid, we don't know for sure. Like, that that still is a variable that that's out there. But right now, confident at where Florida State stands. But Brennan, that's pay to play, and that's illegal. <laughs> Sorry. I just love NCAA rules. It is, it is. I hate how I'm having to tiptoe around this and explain. Like, yeah, you. Yes, uh, your point is well received, Christopher. Are you? Are, are those birds chirping? Are you on the bench? I am on the bench. Listen, oh. like, like the birds are Wait. chirping. The sun's coming out. Chris is a happy man. His official visit has started. Do you have your oysters in uh, your cold beer yet? No, no, no. That's for after the uh, potential commitment. Hopefully. Oh, Chris it is calling it. He's calling it. With a commitment, I'll go get oysters and beer. Without a commitment, I'm just going to have a chicken sandwich with no cheese, and the bun's going to be steel. All right. Two things. One, was Chris going to really sit on the bench while taping on the bench and not tell us? Well, I just literally got to the bench. Uh, In the last 90 seconds. And one of the people that works in the building that listens to the podcast walked in, and I let her know, we're recording right now. All right. And then I I clicked on the – the thread that has now become its own living organism. And it is on page 210. And they are asking, they are pleading for Chris Nee to drop a show pick for Mary's Mims. That's what the thread wants right now. Well, on the actual bench. While on the bench, we will all explode. Feed the thread, Chris. Feed the thread. Do it. They want they want the sabbatical to end, but I hate to break it to them. It's not ending yet. What did what did uh Brendan say about we're all living in a simulation this week that he's kept Bro, on saying is, if, if, if Chris dropped a show pick from the bench on the bench? It would uh, I think I think that's where a wormhole would start. And <laughs> just the entire world would just collide <laughs> into itself and be sucked in somewhere and uh, none of this would matter. Yeah. Zach's Zach's going like a million miles per hour yesterday when he gets here and i'm just like okay man we're here let's do this i I think zach's very uncomfortable with my calmness right now yeah i was (laughs) how could you be calm after what happened last or two nights ago just another thursday man i don't get it i strive to be like you chris you should oh boy um I'm trying to look at what else is on. Hey, real quick, Jordan Young and Hunter Washington. I almost said the wrong Hunter, which people would have yelled at me for. Enter the transfer portal. So those are two guys who are probably you know, two deep, three deep types, uh, probably closer to three deep types that enter the transfer portal. For Hunter Washington, just never never worked out for him here in a brief uh, period of time. And I think part of that was Amarian Cooper, Kevin Knowles, guys who were in his class at cornerback jump. Uh, jump him and, and they get in the starting lineup where Hunter Washington's more of considered like a potential backup nickelback, but then Azaria Thomas and Sam McCall get in here in the spring and, and really showing that they're the real deal. I think you just kind of see the writing on the wall. And then for Jordan Young, he has a couple moments here, but the abusement park never really got off the ground, fellas. So with that, I think Florida State is at 84 projected scholarships currently. That means they have room for a Mary Smims. Jordan Young's class has an over 70% attrition rate. Wow. That was yep. Willie's transition class. God, FSU with just the timing of like Jimbo Fisher leaving and then it being the first transition class ever. And like none of us really have an idea of what a transition class would actually like lead to. And then you hired Mike Norvell with the pandemic year. And uh, just, just they've had some bad breaks timing wise with, with recruiting. But hey, you get a Mary's Mims, things start looking up. Oh, here's something, fellas. Where do we think a Mary's Mims like 
if if you got him and we'll get if if this does end up happening we'll do a breakdown of what it means and and whatnot but how many wins is he good for i'm setting the over under at 0.75 wins to solidify your offensive line were we taking the over or the under 0.75 wins that he proves you I'll take the over. I view it similar to Tatum Bethune, where you reshuffle the deck of a position and it drastically becomes better because you now have a guy who is near the top of the pile. With him, it allows Robert Scott to be your other tackle. You can reshuffle the entire interior, and it changes your depth picture in the sense of having one, maybe two swing guys that can play multiple positions. Bless Harris, for example, maybe a Darius Washington. There's others in that conversation. Thomas Schrader's getting healthy. He's another guy. It just it really changes the dynamics of the whole position because it does improve it drastically. Now I still think they might want to go in the portal and get a second offensive lineman before next season rolls around for that very reason. You just keep adding depth at a position. It's kind of like when Adam Fuller talks about the D line. You throw numbers at it and you hope that they pan out, that you develop them, that it turns into what you want it to be. But you just keep doing it till it's right, and you got to do that. And they've done that with the O line. They've recruited the heck out of it, landed a lot of high school kids. But I think it would help them to have a few band-aids. So yes, my long-winded answer is more than 0.75. Zach. Yeah, I'll go the over. I'm buying that. Um, I think wow. I think Amarius Mims solidifies the first five. I really like getting Robert Scott out of the left tackle position and possibly moving him to right tackle, or even if you want to move Darius Washington there. Um, I just think the that line looks like a legitimate offensive lineman in college football or offensive line in college football I think you know it whether it's Caden Lyles at center obviously Dylan Gibbons Darius Washington Robert Scott and Amarius Mims like that's a good good, or decent O-line like in my opinion I I don't know that'd be like a fun unit to watch Zach, you said that it would look like a legit offensive lineman. You know who looks like a legit offensive lineman is Marius Mims. Like when we yeah. first saw him, like oh, I think even the coaching staff was like, "Holy crap! Like what this dude is? This is a beast." Yeah. Uh, Josh, over under point seven five. Buyers to known. Oh, it's a whole win. So I'm Whoop. on the over. It's a buy. I think there's and like also like a Marius. What Mims, I think like, one of the unintended consequences of a Marius Mims coming to Florida State is my prediction is Bless Harris becomes an all ACC guard. I think that he would very, he I think he would, I think they would definitely experiment with him at guard and yeah, I think it'd be between him, Robert Scott and Darius Washington, you try to figure out what the right guard, right tackle situation is. And I said and, before he leaves, I'm not. You know, yeah, no, that would, he immediately. the unintended consequence for me of a Marius Mims, I think that's a really good point, Josh. For me, it would be that you get him Remember, like, the McKinsey Milton buzz last year, like, when you got him and what they did for other transfers and whatnot? Mm-hmm. You go ahead and land Amarius Mims. Like, I think that would probably give you a little bit more juice uh, as you try to wrap up the rest of your, you know, three, four transfers in this class, too. So, like... We, come, we become the Florida State Bulldogs. You, well, you also hope it has a Jermaine Johnson effect. I'm not saying the impact of year one of Jermaine Johnson, what he did here, but the that dude went there. He became a good player prototypical player at the position you suddenly can go get another one you know Jermaine turned into Jared Verse in the sense of recruitment you hope Amarius turns into more tackle like bodies FSU mm-hmm. has so desperately needed tackle like bodies here for years and they've gotten a few here recently Armella him for example Mims if he ends up here um, but they need to continue just stockpile you're only as good as the four or five you've got mm. all right let's I had us get ahead of ourselves. I apologize. Let's wrap this up. Anything else before we we finish this podcast? No? 
No. All right, let's end it now so that way nothing happens in the next like 20 minutes before Josh gets it up. I think that's the plan here. All right, everyone on the phrasing. All right, for Josh Newberg, Chris Nee, Zach Lawstein, I'm Brendan Sinone. And Amarius Mims. Recording on a very pivotal Friday for your state. here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.